Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football, as always, uh, with the coach, Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com, for all of his content. We're going to talk about Jordan Addison shocking the college football world and picking the Trojans. Some of the rumors going on about the, the money he you know was potentially getting to come to USC and all that. There was a Pittsburgh radio announcer that... Made a big rant about it. So, you know, a little scuttlebutt about what's going on with Jordan Addison. So we're going to talk to the coach about that and a bunch of other USC-related topics. Answer your questions, of course. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you could call us or text us at 424-254-9141. Let us know which show you'd like the question to go to, like if you want to ask a question to Coach Harvey Hyde or for me and Chris or the two-star composite podcast about recruiting, any of those, just let us know in uh, the subject and we will play it on the, the episode that you would request. And if you have the Apple podcasting app or any of the podcasting apps and please follow us, subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star rating where you can, any kind of comment suggestions, we appreciate that. And it does help us to grow the show. And it definitely helps when there's some excitement around USC football to grow the show and coach Harvey Hyde, We want to talk about some of that excitement, starting with, Jordan Addison, the, the current Bolitnikoff Award winner, picking USC. But welcome in, Coach. How are you doing, sir? Well, thank you very much. I'll tell you, normally this time of year uh, during the football season or college football season, sort of boring, dull. Not that they're not working out and getting ready for the season and everybody's getting ready for a nice summer vacation and uh, getting ready to get their season tickets and decide about their tailgating. But uh, this year has been unbelievable. It, uh, football just doesn't go away. With the portal and everything that you just mentioned as far as what's happening in college football, there's something to talk about not every week, but every day. Which is crazy to think about. And uh, the we usually when we've had off-season news, Coach, over the last, I don't know, six, seven years, it's mostly been negative. Uh, this has been different. Six months or so since uh, Lincoln Riley took over, you know, back in late November. Um, been a lot of positive news. And the, the biggest... And then the newest positive news was definitely uh, Jordan Addison. So if you don't know, he uh, caught 100 balls for Pitt last year, won the Bolitnikoff Award, uh, top wide receiver in the nation, went into the transfer portal after spring practice. If you remember, Keaton Slovis is there. So Keaton Slovis was his quarterback in the spring, but he did lose, you know, Pickett, the quarterback from last year, who was the first-round draft pick by the Steelers. Um, he lost his offensive coordinator. He lost his wide receiver coach. And he decided to test the waters and go into the transfer portal. Uh, there was rumors, 
you know, when they first came out, that coming from the pit side, that he was offered $3 million to go to USC. And, I, you know, I've talked to sources at USC, high-ranking people in the athletic department, and they completely disputed that. Um, they haven't done anything like that publicly. But, you know, to, to our knowledge and, you know, for everyone I talk to, USC doesn't have an NIL collective together yet. So just that, that kind of money rumor just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but it's big to get a guy like as Jordan Addison, as good as Jordan Addison is, you know, 17 touchdowns last season, you know, instantly changes your wide receiver room. A, a strong wide receiver room uh, gets a big upgrade by getting Addison. But I want to get your overall thoughts on on Jordan Addison, coach, and also just uh, the, the rumors about the money and stuff that was involved with him coming to USC. Well, I don't know where I should start, but uh, first of all, uh, I think it's a great recruit as far as to USC. Uh, he's a great player. He's a he's a home run type player. If you look at his stats, he caught a lot of long balls and makes big plays. With uh, he can run with the football and so on. So it's a great recruit. It's a great player. It's a real coup to get him. It's I guess it's a first round draft choice for a first round draft choice. A couple of years ago, Keaton Slovis they had him up for the Heisman Trophy at USC. Now he's at uh, back there at uh, Pitt and uh, a first round draft choice possibly. Uh, comes to USC. So, I mean, that's surprising. And uh, you wonder why those things happened, but they do. And really, when you look at the money that they're talking about, and I agree with you, that's 100. I can't believe anybody's going to make the same thing or this receiver's going to make the same thing that Juju Schuster makes with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why even Why even uh, play pro ball? You can make more in college. So, you know, I just, I, I think those are all fabricated uh, the services put out all the stuff that we heard is getting three million, three point five million in a house, what a house to live in or rent or whatever. All these stories continue to grow, grow, grow. And, and I've checked around and I've talked to people who are big time boosters at USC and other places. And and I said, did you get hit up? And, uh, they just flat told me that I wouldn't do anything like that. Especially I'm not going to give that type of money away. Money's worth a lot. So. uh as far as dollars. So I don't think that's true uh, either. I think that's been all fabricated and, you know, come, you know, to, I don't know why they do that, but I think a little bit is about they lose a great player and they're jealous and envious. They lose him. So they figure that they couldn't keep him. So they're going to blame USC for doing something to get him rather than understand that the guy had a great opportunity. And if, Hey, if I'm going to make that kind of money, I couldn't blame my own son who was playing for me, okay? If my own son was playing for me and was a great player, I'd say, hey, son, go to the portal, see what you can pick up. Because it's you know, there's no reason to play college football when you can make that type of money. So I don't believe that at all. I think it's going to be a great adjustment. I think right now there's uh, – if I was the coach at USC, I'd be really um, – talking to my receiver coach and say, hey, you better cuddle these guys. Because when you bring in two other transfers, one from Washington and one from Colorado in the portal, then you bring this one, three great receivers in the portal. And then you, and really the covers weren't really bare. I mean, Gary Bryant, these, these players are great players out of high school. They're five-star players. And Ford and these others, what happened to the Jackson guys? And I mean, when you start to think about this, you know, you might rotate players. But players want to play, and they want to get stats, and they want to look good, so they get drafted and all of the above. I'd, 
I would be a bit surprised if some of those receivers aren't as excited about this recruit coming in as what uh, maybe the fans are or the coaches are. So I think that uh, I think it's a great recruit. I think it's great for the program and all of that. But uh, you better start watching, you know, what you're doing as far as uh, uh, if freshman recruiting will it affect that or not affect that. There's a lot of things that when you get that that many in one position is pretty bad, pretty tough. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Coach. We have a we'll have a question later on the show about the chemistry in the room because that's something I've been talking about that I thought the chemistry was pretty good. Um, so we'll we'll kind of get to that. A little bit later, but certainly um, you get a, a player of that magnitude, the first college player, you know, that's won a major award to transfer. We've seen players transfer and win awards like Heisman's and things, but we've never seen like, you know, the Doak Walker award winner transfer somewhere else or, you know, like a Heisman winner or anything like that. So the Belitnikov, best wide receiver in the nation, he ends up at USC. They've mostly been adding uh, defensive players. So we'll see kind of where USC uh, stands and you know scholarship numbers become a big thing right now coach and uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, you know the new rule where new coaches can come in and essentially take a player off of their books but keep them on scholarship for the school um, that's something that you know the athletic was reporting we talked about in the war room a little bit where USC and Lincoln Riley have utilized that rule I think it's been around since like 2017 so you get some players that could Stay in school, still graduate, but they just won't be on the roster anymore and kind of a way to, um, you know, open up some more spots. And when you do open up more spots, uh, usually you can only sign 25 players. Right now, the NCAA for the next few years uh, took that away. So that 25 scholarship limit is gone. I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Coach, because, I mean, there was programs like Kansas, you know, after like Charlie Weiss was there. I think they were down to like 40 scholarship players. And when you're only adding 25 at a time, it's going to take years to kind of get back up to the 85 number. So with the transfer portal and so many guys leaving, they allowed for seven extra, you know, scholarships this past season. Uh, so if you lost a bunch of players, you could replace them, but now they're just kind of making it easier and just getting rid of that limit saying, all right, you can sign as many people as you want. And there were some problems, especially in the sec where oversigning. And then when players get in, uh, you could gray shirt them or, you know, do, do other things, sort of like take the best and then only pick the ones you want. Uh, I think they want to try to avoid that if all possible. But with the transfer portal, I think you kind of need – there's situations where you would need more than 25. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that that recent rule change. I like it. I really do like it because, as you mentioned, the Kansas program and other programs, their numbers are way down for one reason or another. And it hurts the entire football program if you can't get those numbers back to 85. And it's not fair for the players that are there. So I think that if you can give someone the opportunity of getting 30 or 35 or whatever it is to get your numbers up to 85, I think that's good. But you got to be careful, too, in overloading a class because you get too many of one, and then when you will have a graduating class of a lot of players. So if you get a lot of freshmen at a certain number, you've got to be able to redshirt some of those players so that you even out the number of players that are on your roster so the coming years everything balances out again to what's supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's uh, an issue we're seeing with the COVID year um, because essentially like the class of 2020 and 2021 were combined. And so if you're looking, like I look at USC's scholarship distribution chart that I put together. Um, as of right now, let me see, I'll, I'll update, make sure we have the latest numbers. I have USC with 11 seniors, um, nine juniors, 
and 39 sophomores. Uh, and there's 21 freshmen. So a lot of people from those two classes end up being combining into one because 2020 didn't count. So you kind of have this bubble going through your program. And it would be the same sort of thing like what you're saying, coach, like if you're way down and so you sign 35 guys, like that's a lot. You probably have some red shirts from the year before that number for that class, your freshman class would probably be over 40, which is a lot to kind of move through the program. And so it, you would think there's going to be some attrition from something like that. So it's, it's definitely something you have to kind of be careful about. You do. You have to work your numbers and think about the future and what you got to do and uh, balance it out by redshirting some players. Some of the players uh, need to be redshirted. Today, nobody wants to be redshirted. Everybody wants to play and everybody wants to go to the NFL. And if I can't go to the NFL through USC, then I'll go through somewhere else. But again, I worry about the portal. I think there's got to be limitations on that too. There's got to be a commissioner of some type in charge with the rules and regulations of all of this transferring. Uh, you know, there's just going to be a certain period of time you can do it, not all year round. And, uh, you know, decide what to you can give a player as far as with the other benefits that players are being able to supposedly get from different states with other, other laws, just like the little situation that Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher got into. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know. You know, when you have those type of things, and I know both these guys, okay? Uh, let me tell you, when you throw rocks at each other, you bring both of your programs down, okay? When you talk bad about someone else's program. When that happens, it's not good. It's not good for the conference. The conference is a conference is probably the well mar best marketed conference in the nation. There's a lot of pride in it. And you can't have this hostility because everybody knows what's going on in the conference. And there's more or less a cardinal rule that, you don't turn me in, I don't turn you in. But when you start this finger-pointing and the things, and the next thing someone else jumps into it, someone else jumps into it, and then you got a total collapse. So I'm sure they had a lot of conference calls on this that knocked this off so this doesn't continue to go. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That's that's interesting, you know, both those guys. But that was uh, some crazy content in the middle of May, so not too bad. People around the college football world were happy. Um, some other news. Uh, that the Pac-12 released. It, it started with the NCAA, and within like six minutes, the Pac-12 had their response. Um, when they allowed the conference championship games to happen, you know, several years back, they put a stipulation in there that you needed to have divisions, uh, and then they changed that for if you only had 10 teams in your conference, um, you could do a round robin and still have a championship game like the Big 12 does right now. Because of the expanded playoff and all that, a lot of people wanted to get rid of the division model. You didn't want like two arbitrary groups. You wanted the two best teams in your conference to play for the title. And as soon as they got rid of that uh, requirement that you needed divisions, the Pac-12, like I said, six minutes later, said 2022, this year, no divisions. So it's not the Pac-12 North winner, Pac-12 South. It's the two teams with the best conference winning percentage. Um, and, you know, and right now, to me, on the surface, Coach, it looks like Utah and USC might have the potential of the best seasons. We'll see about Oregon. I'm not as high on them, but, they, you know, they could potentially be there, too, and have the best record of all three of those teams. But now, you know, with USC having to go to Utah in 2022, it still gives them an opportunity to win the, you know, to win the conference because they would potentially just be the second team, even if they lost to Utah. Finishing second in the South doesn't mean you're out of the race. Uh, I think it's impacted, and I know you're a big Vegas guy, some of the conference championship odds for USC uh, and all that. But I want to kind of get your thoughts on 
the getting rid of the divisions and then how that could impact USC this year. I like it. I really like the rule because you should have your two best teams playing in a conference championship game or any championship game. That makes every single game important to you. I mean, you look at any non-conference game, you look at your conference games, uh, you've got to win, you've got to get rankings, you've got to be the best team in the conference, not just cruise through the South and, you know, and, and you're going to get in automatically because you win the South, you're going to be in the championship game. And I think it gives you a better shot at a good bowl game. And it gives you a better shot for national exposure and getting into a bowl game. And it makes the bowls better because you can have two of the best teams in the in the north and maybe the south isn't as, as strong and they both play, but the second-place team in the north is better than the first-place team in the south. And they can't take that team to one of the bowl games if the first-place team gets to go to the playoffs. So it's not right. It's like the Rose Bowl situation and every other bowl game. That's a major bowl game. So I think it's a great move. I think it's smart. It makes the season more important, makes every game important, and it enhances uh, the bowl games and the players and the coaches to get rewarded for winning. I don't believe in this rule everybody gets a trophy. I mean, I know that's what's been going on. Everybody should get a trophy. When you're 6-6, six and six, you should go to a bowl game. If I was 6-6, six and six, I'd be embarrassed going to a bowl game. The only reason I would go is because of the 15 extra days of practice I get. Otherwise, let's stay home and let's just work on recruiting and making our program better. Yeah, it's funny that I didn't, you know, when I first read it, I'm like, okay, that probably doesn't have that much of an impact. But in five of the 11 years, it would have changed the championship game uh, participants. So significant. I mean, almost half the time, this would change the game. So uh, I think this is, could potentially help USC. What Have you seen some of the odds, like for USC to win the conference or the over-unders? I've seen like, over under win totals from like eight to nine and a half. It's it's changing a lot. You know, Jordan Addison signs. They change this division thing. Um, any thoughts on some of those odds that are out there? Or if you what you feel about them? Well, you know, I, I think that it changes all the time, and I think the odds makers are the bookmakers are really watching it closely because everything changes. But uh, I think, in a way, not the numbers over under as far as number of wins, but I think the preseason ranking I saw the other day that somebody put out that had USC, I think, fifth in the country. I think that's a little bit uh, overrated so quickly. I just think that personally, you know, you can't move a team up that quickly that the coaches have never coached together, the players have never played together. Uh, you think hey, you got you should be working your way up. Uh, I don't know what poll that was. Some guy just sits down and makes a poll and sends it out, and everybody thinks this is what it is. But uh, I think when I saw that, I thought it was a little bit high, and I don't think really they're in that caliber for those other programs, the Alabama, Georgias, at this time. Not that they can't be, but I don't think they should be mentioned yet in that uh, conversation. No, I agree with you, Coach. Some of this stuff is a little, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit, but I'm optimistic on the team. I think they can, you know, like a, a nine and three season is pretty, um, you know, achievable. And who knows? We you know, we haven't seen them coach and play together and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, to put, pick them to like go to the playoff or something, I think that's a little. I, I mean, I wouldn't like. I guess I'd be a little shocked if they did that, but it wouldn't be, you know, the most outlandish thing ever. But I certainly wouldn't be predicting something like that to happen. Um, all right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back. We got a few questions to get to, and uh, we'll get you out of here. Back in a minute.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Coach. Well, we we talked about the Jordan Addison stuff at the top of the show, uh, and I had mentioned the potential chemistry issues that could happen with something like that. Um, Curtis from Marino Valley uh, called in talking about that a little bit, so I'm going to play his message and get your thoughts. Hey, Ryan. And Peristyle, Curtis from Moreno Valley. I don't think there's going to be any problem with Jordan Addison and chemistry with the receivers because the offense is already set. If he's the number one option and he's double covered, Caleb Williams has to go through his progressions. He might be double covered the whole season. You can't single cover him. You can go zones and maybe you'll stop him, but the number one thing is this offense is set. He may be the number one option, but he's not going to get extra passes. They're going to play eight receivers every game, and he doesn't need to catch a 100 passes. He's going to get drafted first round anyway. He's just going to make us more dangerous because they have to put a safety over the top of him. They have to double him to to stop him, but he's only the first option of many. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, Curtis, I agree. When you have great players, they got to find a way to stop you. Still got to have a running game, and I like Lincoln Riley because he believes in a running game, and he showed us that in the spring as far as not everything, but portions of what he's planning on doing, and I really like it because he believes in running the football, and he talks about running the football. He's not just talking about running the football, and he uses his receivers as the backs and everything else, and I think the slots are going to catch a lot of balls too because of the coverage problems with his great outside guys. But I think that what we're talking about, the morale problems, is not with the starters, but some of these great players that are backup players that aren't getting their real turns. And you play eight players, they must have 15 or 16 receivers, or maybe more than that, that are out there that are great players. Now, you know, when you're a great player and you're out there and you transfer from another university and you're not getting on the field or you got recruited out of high school and you're a great player, you know, you start to wonder, is this the best place for me? Uh, Am I being noticed? Am I going to get playing time? These kids want to play, and I know that. And you got to be very, very careful uh, to how you handle getting too many players at one one uh, spot or too many players in one position. And I said earlier, I think it's a great recruit. I don't get me wrong, but I think you got to really worry about your backups and how you're going to handle that. That's going to be a major job. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's going to be some issues. You know, to deal with when you're bringing in a player like that, you got to keep. You've already brought in three other transfers, and they're getting acclimated. And then you had a bunch of, you know, seven guys are already on the team. 
or six guys and then a new an incoming freshman. So you got to make that work. I thought they did a good job chemistry wise in the spring. And, you know, this is just a new addition and we'll see uh, how they can handle that. Um, we had an email from L.A. Fred, coach. He says, now that Lincoln Riley has control of the program, how long do you think it will take before someone earns and gets to wear the number 55 jersey? From today, do you think it will be over under four years? Thanks from Fred. Well, I don't know what their philosophy will be. I- I'm sure that uh, it's going to be a player. Uh, they've given that to other people aware, and I don't know if it's lived up to it, if they've lived up to it or not. When you talk about a lot of these kids today, don't even know who, why it's 55 and what it's all about, you know. So uh, I don't know. I tell you, this kid Gentry from Arizona State is going to be a great player. I want you to know. There's a possibility that USC will have two of the best defensive players, maybe in the pack, the Pac-12 coming on over to be them gentry who came over uh, is a great player can play a lot of different positions i've watched him play a lot and that defensive tackle who's in the portal he can play out of long beach poly i think he's out of long beach poly he can play and if, i know they're actively recruiting him if he comes over hey i'm gonna tell you what they got some great players and lee i don't know if he's gonna wear 55 he isn't but uh i think it'll be something they use to recruit an athlete when there's a great linebacker out there, you say, you know, if you come, we think you have the ability to wear number 55. And they explain it just like they did Darnell Bing when he came from Long Beach Poly. That was Mike Garrett's jersey. And they retired Mike Garrett's jersey. And uh, the head coach went over to Pete Carroll, I think it was at that time, went over and said, Mike, can we, we got this player that's coming in that like to wear number 20. And I remember Mike Garrett saying, how good is he? Real good. He says, hell yes, he can wear number 20. And I think that's where a lot of these things have got to be. And I think it's great to use it as a recruiting tool. And I don't think it'll be four years until you find somebody who'll wear number 55. I think recruiting is going to be going well and better. And uh, there's some great linebackers that are out there. And USC will get a great linebacker. It just takes time to fill the positions. And people have to see that Lincoln Riley is telling the truth when he's talking about we want great linemen. We want great defensive linemen. We want these other players. They all now know that they control the football. They just want to be proven that they do all the package at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll be under four years. I don't know how it's going to go. Is it going to be a guy on the current team? Is it going to be a recruit? Um, I could kind of see it being a recruit, to be honest. But I, you know, who knows how that's going to end up. Um Speaking of the defensive side of the ball, we got one last voicemail question for you, Coach, and we'll get you out of here. Here you go. Hey, this is Rob of Troy. I really love the show. I'm calling from Santa Clarita, California. I have a question. I know that the uh, move for the uh, coming season is to go kind of lighter on the defensive line with guys who are quick who can get in there and fill gaps and everything else. That sounds great if you're playing teams that are kind of of a normal nature, like uh, with not giant imposing offensive lines. So maybe in the um, you know the Big 12 conference and maybe many of the teams that USC would normally play, that sounds great. But I get concerned when I think of teams like Notre Dame or Oregon or even Stanford or some others, UCLA, for instance, that have good, strong offensive line. I just wonder if USC is going to get steamrolled. So I was wondering if that's uh, something that you folks have an opinion on. Thank you. Bye. 
Well, yeah, uh, I have an opinion on that. I think that uh, the reason why they're going with quicker guys is that can fly around and cover the whole field and play football and get the pass rush on and so on, and they're going to rely a lot on their different blitzes and coverages and all the different things. They're going to be more of an attacking type of defense that wants penetration to stop a play before that play gets started. And that's where you do that with that type of defense. You've got to stop it before it gets started. Otherwise, you're in, you're in trouble. Because these big physical teams, uh, when they find linebackers or, or players they can run at, that's what they want to do, run at them straight ahead. But that takes away their quickness. When you run at a non-physical player, when you run at him, how, who cares how quick he is? But you're not running outside or running away from him. You're going to run right at him, and you're going to go ankle to ankle or close splits, small splits, and, and not give him the seams to penetrate or get through there on stunts and so on, and you would just take him off the football. And that's what the philosophy will be. Utah will have that philosophy, so will Notre Dame have that philosophy. I'm not quite sure if Oregon will have that philosophy. But uh, Stanford, uh, I don't know if they'll blow anybody off the football right now. I'm very disappointed on where their football program is. It's, it's too bad that that program has dropped down from the philosophy they had. So until they get great players, it's very hard to blow somebody off the line of scrimmage when you don't have great players. When you have great players, when John McKay was at USC, they had four plays. They had power, blast, and sweep. And they had play-action pass, and that's it. And you had better players, so you could run those same plays over and over and over. And even if you knew the play was coming, you couldn't stop it. So I think you have a good point there. And I think if you're a very physical football team, you want to run right at them. You don't want to run around them, but that's their quickness. You want to run right at them. Yeah, I think a lot of times, uh, and we're actually going to talk to, stay tuned to the site. We're going to have a conversation with Alex Grinch coming up pretty soon uh, for you guys to enjoy uh, on our Tunnel Vision show. But, you know, I think you can get a guy like Brandon Peely in the mix, who's 350 pounds or whatever, uh, and get him to work too. I mean, I think sometimes like when he was at Washington State, I think they had to work with smaller guys, but he seems to be pretty good at adapting to what, uh, the kind of personality he has. So if you have some bigger guys, uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to keep them on the bench because they're too big. Um, you know, a guy like Brandon Peely talks about. You know, he can move at his size, and that's. I think that's the the caveat here. If you want, if if you if you want to be play some bigger guys, they have to be able to move. That's better for, at least from what we've heard about Alex Grinch's uh, system coach. Well, I agree with you. If you're bigger, you can move. That's great. But right now, I want to see him get through a season where he doesn't get hurt get himself in great shape, and there's nobody better there. Or what I would say, I wouldn't want anybody better than a guy that's 6'4", 200, or 320 pounds run two at the same time. And you got to remember, you got to have him in at a certain down-distance situation where he can help you. So if he can be the starting inside guy, and you've got great speed guys outside, and he can dominate it inside, then you got a great show going on. But you've got to be able to have your best players on the field. And right now, the way I understand it, because I really haven't seen a lot of practices because of their philosophy. I just saw the spring game, and they were very vanilla in the spring game. They didn't want to show you anything, and I don't blame them. But they've got to go after people. They want quickness. They're going to go after you. And coaches don't change their philosophy. When he had that philosophy, he played it at Oklahoma. He's played it everywhere he's been. So people are hiring you. Because what you do, they're not going to hire you for you to change what you do. So they're going to stay with the same philosophy and prove on it, of course, with better players and try to get it done. Yeah. 
All right, Coach. Well, hey, great, great show. Great to have you uh, back on and everything. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing to talk with you throughout the offseason. I'm sure there'll be more big breaking news that we'll get to talk about, uh, transfer portal stuff, recruiting, whatever it is. But uh, thanks again for coming on. Ryan, I want to thank you. And, of course, always our listeners out there, we thank you for your questions. And, again, that's just an opinion that both of us have. And, uh, again, you guys be safe out there. And we're all looking forward for this coming season. We are, for sure. All right, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde. I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.